Is there a Dragon Ball Z character that rhymes with Loka? Because what I'm putting together right now, hear me out here, right? Don Draper at the I'm at the front of the pitch room here. Listen. All right. Krillin, it's living. Krillin Vegeta, and then I need another one, but it's Livin' La Vida Krill, Loka. Krillin Vegeta Popo. <laughs> Krillin Vegeta Popo. <laughs> Kamehameha. <laughs> Krillin Vegeta Popo. <laughs> This is nonsense. Uh, welcome, welcome to Reasonable Beef. This is our catch-all yeah. episode. We're rounding them up. I guess we haven't been around in like a month, but we have a uh, we have some episodes That's true. planned. Yeah, I think it's been a full month. What was? Uh, it doesn't matter. It care. doesn't matter. I don't care. Who I don't, cares? We only look forward here. <laughs> Um, and so we've, we've brought some, some, we look so far forward. In fact, that we often skip our recording days entirely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're men of the future, really, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always, uh, always 15 minutes early. We do. We love to talk about doing an episode. It's one of our favorite. Yeah. We're very, when, when it comes to, if you could see how many episodes we think about doing, there's so much content there. You've no, it's idea. crazy. You know what, folks? We're doing a D&D episode. We're looking into it. And we did absolutely not do that. It was great. Um, but anyway, so here we are. Dom, mm-hmm. do you have anything? Do you, do you want to kick it off? Do you have like a first thing that you, you, you've you brought to the table? Oh, we also asked people uh, at Reasonable Beef and on the Beef Discord what they wanted to hear and see today. So most of these topics come from uh, your dirty mouths. So if you if you want to take part in that, you know, go to the Twitter or the Beef Discord. So, right. do you have a first topic? Do you have do, do you, well, you bring it to the table? We're gonna go into the the steet the steet the steet of the theater, um, and going to movies in person and not just on your couch where right all, all content now funnels towards. Um, there's a few things I I rewatched and watched. I watched uh, Project Power. I okay. watched. Um, I, I've watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country we can talk about. I rewatched Drive. Yes, I have that written. Um, I, I have to say really quick that you yeah. watching Project Power is, you're the ultimate, like, they, you, you're a cow and you just walked right into that. You're like, oh yeah, this is for me. This is my barn. <laughs> this is my slot. It, did, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to get to it though. I will say really? that. I was, yeah, I wasn't, well, Ryan and I are obsessed with the writer, Mattson Tomlin, because this dude's like, the uncut a, a, a real ghost. deal guy. Yeah. A ghost, a shantum, a, a fado operator. Yeah. I mix, Which, I mix some of those uh, of, consonants up. That's all right. Well, He's so I, I, Mega Man. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this is, but, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the, the unique thing about this guy is that he's from nowhere. He's done. He's done no things. He's just out of the, out of the blue. He has this movie and he has, what, what are his three projects right now? It's Project Power. And then he has Batman coming up. He's, he co-wrote. Right. Co-wrote Batman, Batman um, and is and, then, and is the guy on Mega Man. Yes. So tell but me he, about this guy. Well, no one comes out of nowhere. I mean, that's the the thing that's yes. admirable about this guy is that he just did the thing. I mean, it's like he, he's he did the fucking thing. What would you say? He's uh, privileged and enough that you know he was able to at all go to film school or whatever it is in his life that's lined up that has put him in a position to like pursue sure. screenwriting that's immediately you're sort of like ah you so sure. you know you yeah I, I had read i had read he interned on revolutionary road when he was like a 17 year old kid right which so it's is like that stuff. A, a dope and b eyebrow raising but you know whatever he, he's got the experience clearly 
Yeah, I just mean that like when suddenly somebody's on a project like the Batman or whatever, Mega Man, it's like, oh my God, he's out of nowhere. Really what's happening behind the scenes of that is like, he had scripts on the blacklist a couple times or at least once. I remember I was like reading what he'd done and he writes shit all the time, which presumably means he's sending stuff around all the time, which means that then when Project Power got picked up by Netflix and it was like a sale or whatever- and oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be in it, and Jamie Foxx. Like when that happens, and people go, "Oh, that's interesting." People just everybody hears about that, and then they're like, "Oh, that's Madsen Tomlin." If, if someone half remembered his name, all that takes is then, especially with I, I think the one to the the logic was just Project Power to Batman. It was like this this guy has this new superhero thing, superpower thing that, that we're giving it. You know, it's an R-rated whatever. And this is again, you got to imagine when this was just a script that was like oh, Netflix is making this thing and it's got these big actors attached to it. It's like, it wasn't even necessarily anybody saw the movie or saw what the vibe of it was going to be. But the sound of all this was, was is exciting. Right. And then, you know, you get the, you get the meeting and he, he met with, what's his name, Matt Reeves, and they, they jive, they got on and they just did it. And he was like, oh yeah, I want to do this with you. Very cool. Well, man, it really is a guy doing the damn thing. It should always be, that's, I mean, the, the, the joke of being out here is that that's how that's technically what the system that's how it's supposed to go. The system is built to do that where you right. just get it in front of people. People read it. They don't want to make that one. They don't want to make that one. But then they kind of remember you and then you sell one thing and then, oh, I would. Do you want to make Star Wars like that's yeah. <laughs> like it's supposed <laughs> to be that way. But sure. Well, that's that's very cool. And um, it's a million things. He, you also got to be charming. You got to then when you're in front of people, when you're pitching your stuff whatever meeting he takes after someone reads his movie that then they don't want to make, they still mm-hmm. liked him. You know what I mean? Like it's, you still gotta, you still gotta be like a good salesman. I don't think it, it, it rarely happens anymore to like the true, Absolutely. you know, people you just, you can't talk to or whatever. The most important thing, however, is having a magician's ear on a string that you can use to hypnotize the, the room into buying your script. A magician's ear? Yeah, yeah, you know, they, they carry they carry very powerful spells. In in if you have a magician's ear, you can do all kinds of hypnotism spells with it. Are you That's s- the thing. Uh, when you say that, do you mean a literal physical ear? Are you talking about yeah. like No, I mean okay. yeah, it's like a monkey's paw or or you know, a similar uh magical uh-huh. limb object. It's like a monkey's Mag- paw magician's except nothing ear. goes wrong. It's Yeah. <laughs> Everything <laughs> works out for you. It's like I don't know, everyone, everyone's yeah. everyone's clamoring for all these paws when we have all these fresh ears that get the same thing done. It's just, you know, just a little bit of a roundabout way. You got to convince people instead of it just happening. Anyway, um, congratulations to this guy. Tell me about the movie, Project Power. You know, I think, and not just because I'm biased about being more on the screenwriter side of this. Okay. My vibe was that the direction of the movie was not how it was written necessarily. And that's not to say the direction was Mm -hmm. bad, but I was noticing a tonal dissonance throughout that like... I think there was a way, like I was just trying to imagine like reading it on the page and I think there was like a, you know, Nolan verse thing that this guy had in his head of like, we're taking it seriously. It's about, it's there, it's a drug dealer thing and there's a source of the drugs and I think he imagined it playing out maybe a little less comic booky. That's just sort of the vibe I got because then I was noticing that through the direction and like the vibe of it all and it being a little more poppy that it was taking away from things that, you know, were cool enough ideas and, you know, I mean, he, he's... Matson is doing a thing, my friend Matson, you know, who I'm very, I'm very confident I love. Um, I think he, this, especially Project Power is a thing that like, he figured out this idea was hanging in front of a billion people's heads and he plucked it and got it. He's like, all right, then we're going to do it. And then it hit right. the right moment. It landed on the right desk. Do you know what I mean? Cause like there's. Yeah. 
and the script right. was good. And then they were like, oh, good, this is good. And now every once in a while, right. Every once in a while, you'll see a movie where it's, it's like, yes, of course, someone had to have made this one. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know what I mean? I, I'm trying yeah, to totally. think of another example, but it's like it, it's not that the premise is rote. It's just that, you know, it was just there. It was just in it's, the ether it, dude, and someone pulled it down. It's 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 uh, what's the right. The Absolutely. One. It's yesterday. You know what I mean? That the yes, ones where yeah, like, you got ah, a good hook there. That was there. And then someone just did it. Absolutely. Which yesterday's a whole other thing because that guy got his script got stolen. And yeah, that sucks. But the um, whole thing is sad. Yeah, that sucks. Complete ass. Go look that up if you haven't heard about that. It was just this is a, a nasty little Hollywood story mm-hmm. about a old screenwriter or like maybe not old, but like full adult <laughs> about an old decra- an ill screenwriter <laughs> with only one leg. But I will say, I just in general, I mean, there was there were some inspired ideas in Project Power and stuff, and I think the best thing that it had going for it was there was a there was a cool chemistry between all the characters and stuff that. I weirdly feel like everybody's only kind of taking it at the face value action movie style, which to that end, I do understand why it hasn't necessarily like blown anyone's domes open. It is, you know, it's like serviceable and fun enough. And you're kind of like, oh, it's fun to see like a superpower be painful and hurt somebody. But even like, I'm like, that idea has been hanging around people's heads and I'm sure popped up in different stuff. And then this was just the one in a very mainstream way that was like, yes, if you, if you're, if you were on fire, odds are you would have like crazy scarring and stuff when you weren't. Um, right. But, um, yeah, I felt like it, it wasn't getting enough credit for just the performances in general, which is I'll tip it to the, to the direction in that, in that way that, yeah, like, like there was the, the vibe between Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the main girl was really charming. She was really good. I got to look up her name, actually. I'm, I keep talking about the two main movie stars. That, but. That's a hobbit. That, or a hobbit. That's a hobbit I need to get out of. Um, that is a habit I need to get out of. And unfortunately, I think, like, the main girl. I do that shit all the time. Her name is Dominique Fishback. I knew there I liked go. her. She's good. Dominique. Um, she was awesome in it. She was, she was the whole movie. She was, she was extremely good. Like... In, in dare I say one of those ways where you're almost like, ah, you're almost too good for what you're up to in, in this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I think yeah. um, Jamie Foxx just really wants to be in goddamn superhero movies. He just really wants to be a superhero. He's just into that. I think he sees the power in those, not for lack of a better word. Yeah, absolutely. He, just, he sees the like cultural impact of of being a person superhero. who you see in that stuff. Because no matter how big the movie is, it could be smaller than... You know, this was made for less money than The Irishman, but still, right. it's like a superhero thing. So you're not, ah, Jamie Foxx, who is in humongous movies. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I really hope Jamie Foxx ends up getting his superhero movie because, like, I do think he's an actor who I think needs to be directed. Um, sometimes he turns into performances that I, I'm not in love with, but like then shit like like uh, we, like Michael Mann with um, Collateral. He's amazing in that. Like, really fucking mm, good. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he's and then, good but then stuff too, like, ba- you know, like baby driver where I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't really understand what he's up to in that movie, but, uh, but yeah, in this I, project. I like project power fizzles at the end. I don't think it knew what to do and kind of wraps it up in a weird, in a weird way. But, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's cool. I, I like, um, I have to only be enthusiastic just because this dude is like, I right. have to believe that that still happens and works that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, sometimes you watch a 75 out of 100 and you're like, you know what? I'm still, I'm still the champion on this. I'm still going to, I'm still going to vibe with this. Cause this was a, cause this is technically would, me. <laughs> this is, totally. when you really think about it, this is, this is all about me. It's exactly it. And I wouldn't necessarily right. like beyond maybe the performances. I don't know if I would necessarily tell someone to like 
Like, you gotta, you have to see this. But, yeah. like, if you like this shit, yeah, fucking flop it on, man. Right, Project Powder. Um, and speaking of which, it, it's interesting that this occurs in a, in a drought, because uh, uh, Friend of the Beef, Penny Parker, uh, submitted a question for, for this episode, which is, how, how do we feel with there being, like, one year on with no Marvel anything? I'm grand, I love it. I, I mean, well, her point is that she felt that there's nothing that different, that it doesn't feel like it's been a year. Um, I, I guess I kind of feel the same way, but I, I don't know. I feel like it makes sense. Endgame really did have like a sense of, of finality to it. And e- even yeah. without COVID, I think that even if we hadn't seen well, because Black Panther, or, I'm sorry, um, Black Widow was slated for August, wasn't it? Um, Something like that. It might have right. been even sooner than that. It might have been like May or, or something. I don't remember. Right. I think it might have been that. I think it might have been May, dude, or something early. I can look that up right now. Black Widow. Yeah, it was meant to come out May 1st. So now it's yeah. pushed to November 6th, but is that going to happen? Right. Um, I, 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 who knows? I don't know. I, I guess that's, that could be our next, that's our next topic of conversation. But I mean, the future of the MCU, depending on what happens with with the the virus, although things seem to be slowing down worldwide, I think it's just the United States that's really still having problems it's, here. It's fascinating that we're talking about the future of the fictional Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the lens through which or the metric is the virus. This right, inter- the like it sounds like this crazy comic book thing. We're being like, well, it's interesting. I, I, we'll see what the Avengers do. But given the right. state of the virus, you know? It's- <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like, well, if, if the nanomachines have, have properly dispersed by November, we might be able to leave our pods. But if yeah. not, we might have to watch Spider-Man 4 on our phones. Um, okay. Because, well, I mean, that really is just like, I, I don't know why anyone thinks that there would be an apocalypse situation uh, and everybody would suddenly become like these hard nosed survivalists who like gotta be, everybody is just going to want to revert back to how they are now. Like p- human beings Absolutely. are really good at adapting. So like, we'll just find different ways to, to entertain ourselves mindlessly. Like nobody's actually going to like learn skills. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to fucking sew burlap. Get out, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make paper dolls and pretend they're Goku and Vegeta. Totally. That has to be what happened already. Right. The, la- the last time that the world was refreshed by the great cleansing of Rudra. You know what I mean? Like, we, there had to have been one guy to survive the apocalypse. And that's like, what, that was Shakespeare. Or that was like, um, I don't know, who's, who's like a Greek pl- Greek poet? It was like Aristotle. He just stole yeah. all that shit. Aeropostle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, H&M. <laughs> I, I do like Aeropostle as, as Aristotle. And he's just like wearing branded clothes that say yeah. his name on them very large. Do you have, I guess we could talk about the movie theater because AMC's are reopening. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, I think that that's foolish. I don't know if there's any reasonable way that you could make that happen. I I guess. Well, so I think UK has already reopened, right? The UK's movie theaters. I I think I saw. It seems like, man. Yeah. Right. And And I saw some pictures from a couple of the screenings and, and, you know, obviously no one had their masks on because the rules are that you need to eat uh, you, you can only have your mask off if you're eating and drinking, but of course throughout mm-hmm. a movie, you eat and drink the entire time. There is no, yeah, like, it, it's a very slow process the entire time. Um, so it's one of these things where it's, you, you know, and then, then you react to the film and any kind of spit particles fly out of, out of your mouth and kind of food flies out of your mouth. Um, totally. it, it's honestly one of the worst possible places you can be worse than an airplane. That's what I find really, really funny that literally like, for the most part, I'm going to say I'm going to say a sweeping statement here. 
for the most part, quote unquote, the entertainment industry, quote unquote, celebrities and whatever liberal thing that we are set. you know, again, you get, you get far enough up and this is not true, which is the people who are making these decisions are all the way, all the way up. But it's funny that like I, you perceive the entertainment industry to be very like woke about it and very like, listen to doctors, science, you know, believe in science. This is not a joke. Don't be right. selfish. Don't go to the movies. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, but we're going to do it. And all of the doctors are being like, we're, it's without exaggeration, the worst thing to do. You, you, it's the worst place you could go. And they're like, yeah, but I, we have a lot of important dates. Yeah. And then that's the, you know, sacrificing health and the altar of capitalism. Like you can, you can stand by it until, it, until <laughs> the this other is thing where, is you know, it's like not, it's not always the city numbers of, of cases and stuff. So it is like, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around, like truly out in the middle of wherever in not a city in not fucking Los Angeles. It's maybe not as, it's just not scary anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. But those are the places where it just like pops off. Like in a, in a small town, and then it just spreads like wildfire. It's like it's such a bizarre thing. Yes, it's such a bizarre thing to. I don't know. I guess I guess that's a that's a good point we were saying earlier to just posture this whole time about uh, the one half of Hollywood, like the the front facing side, is saying listen to science and is towing the towing the Democratic Party line, whereas the people that, that make the financial decisions are like, well, <laughs> the, the economy <laughs> matters. This is what this is what actually matters in paying the bills, and you're really not seeing any pushback from the the like there's no movie stars going don't go to theaters hey what are you doing like nobody is doing that i'm not seeing that anywhere yeah and it's yeah. It, it you know like apparently new mutants is doing very well because you know people were really eager to go see it in theaters but there's so many people that are not going to see that at all now yeah I, I don't know yeah you can't really say well but it was enough of a number of like oh people will come because because whatever the whatever the fraction was of people who were already gonna go see that in theaters anyway which I don't right. think would have been even true X-Men numbers or even Marvel numbers. Absolutely, you know what I mean? yeah. like It would have been like a weird subgroup. Um, so whatever that is, they're going by like, oh, it made $7 million in it or whatever it did in its first weekend open in like not a lot of places. Okay, that's like, it's like the way they do ratings or whatever, like TV ratings where it's... Sure. It's only, the boxes are only in a few TVs, but then they're like, okay, well, we can assume if it was this percentage on the boxes we have, then that means it was, it would have been this many people or whatever. Right. So it's not when you're doing the calculus of like, Hey, given, given everything was, can we consider this a a success or a failure? Right. Um, and I don't even know if it's like necessarily that people are going like, Oh, nice. We can reopen. But I do find it funny that they're like, like, no, you know, we're only going to, we're only opening in, in the places where it's safe, where we've been told where the state says it's safe. And then they're like, you know, but for tenant, uh, we're gonna just do that shit everywhere. It's gonna make us so much money. We can't even like think. Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's sick. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, we could do we could do it just this once, just this one time. Right. It's uh, it's nonsense. But you know, I might whatever. drive an think? hour out of Los Angeles to see Tenet in a in a drive-in because for whatever I don't know if it's Nolan himself because I it's with him he's one of the one filmmakers where I'm like I do think he has. He does have like studio power when he when he says something creatively or whatever. I mean, look at the trailers, look at the promotional materials. I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. I have no idea. Yes, and and he it, that's him. He, him wanting to do that. And yes, obviously, if he did that and then it didn't pay off every time, they wouldn't let him keep doing it. So like, it's the it's the symbiosis of he gets to be like precious, and then the money people get to go. Well, hey, that worked. Everyone was everyone really leaned in when you said nothing. So that's yeah. going great for us. But. But with him, it's like, 
I can't tell if I'm blaming him for they said we're not we're only doing drive-in showings of Tenet in places where also movie theaters are open. We don't want to just have drive-ins open. We want to, it's, it'll only happen if it's both. And I'm like, that's so annoying. That's yeah, so that's, annoying. What are you talking about? And that to it, me feels like a precious, like he doesn't want to waste that some people might have the right experience slash pay more if the theater's also open. Right. Know. But then you, then you have, you know, on the flip side, I think we talked about this, about the Mulan rental thing where yeah. it's like with this, this, that was the alternative I would imagine. Like you, you could. Right. <laughs> But again, Nolan being so precious, there's no way he would allow it off the screen for the, the premiere. I, I, I don't know. It just seems yeah. very bizarre to allow an but, artist to be precious in, in the middle of all of this when it could easily cause you such horrible PR. But maybe maybe they're just seeing that the trend is that it's not and that the trend is that people just want to fucking get back to normal and they're willing to pretend that everything is back to normal and that's fine. Yeah, but again, that has a fucking, that has a limit. You know, like, are they really going to make that much that it'll be, have been worth it? In the two weeks before then, everyone goes, oh, shit, it's happening again. We're all dying. Go back inside. Don't be stupid. We're locked right. down and it's illegal to go out now. <laughs> like, is that really like, <laughs> is it whatever they're making? Yeah, man. Because, but you know what it is? Well, they don't th- have, because Dis- if Disney, if Mulan came out three weeks ago before Tenet even opened over in the UK and everything, I, I wonder if they would have done it. Because- I think what's happening is they're just like not so sure. Cause, but that, I saw in one of the articles we were reading, like Mulan and Tenet were made for like both of them, like $200 million movies. So they're both have right. theoretically just as much at stake and as much riding on it. And I imagine that if Warner Brothers got to watch how it went for Mulan, it maybe would have changed what they did. If I'm saying if it, if it goes well, if Mulan. No, like, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's, there was no, no thought is like, what should we do? It's what can we get away with? Like, what, what can we do totally. to limit our liability and make the most money? And that's why it, you, you know, this shit is just going to happen. It, like what you just said, like, does it have to, do yeah. we have to go back inside and have it be illegal to go outside? That's exactly what needs to happen because capital is a goldfish and it grows to the size of the bowl that you allow it to be in. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you can put that on a yeah. t-shirt. We're going to sell that. Um. <laughs> Just like, a, what are those, you know, those shrinky dinks? Like, yeah. Because, you know, when you put those in like a pool or something, that shit, it gets really big. Yeah, I don't, I think there's a, that's not, also not how shrinky dinks work. Nah, you put shrinky work. dinks you, in the oven no, and they grow. That's it says, no, well, actually, it says on shrink. the package, it says do not drop in ocean. Because who yeah, knows? That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause who knows? Um, did you see that Avengers game? Uh, yes. That Something I should be stoked out of my mind about, and for whatever reason, I'm not. Yeah, I just don't care. Don't care. Looks what silly. is that? Why? It's ugly. It's ugly. It looks boring. It looks soulless. I don't know, man. It's just like uh, it, it's also weird to do the aesthetic to be like it's the MCU, but not. It's like okay, well then why not either just license the characters or do something fresh? Yeah. Like you why do, do something you that push- kind of looks? Yeah. Yeah, you run, you're doing Uncanny Valley, and you're running the risk of having people go like, "This isn't as this isn't the thing that I like." Right? Because yeah, even the 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 Spider-Man PS4, like for as much as it was borrowing from, kind of looks like Andrew Garfield, but it's got sort of some of the Raimi stuff. But he sort of sounds like the cartoon Spider-Man. Like, yeah, you yeah, it feel like, maybe- like oh, this is too much like something that all the ways that it isn't are very loud. Right. <laughs> but I do oh, feel, exactly. I feel that way about this game. And it is, I think maybe that has a lot to do with what you just said, where it's Spider-Man has has a pedigree and a lot of stuff to pull from, like right. a lot of shit, you know, 
like you said, influence from Raimi-verse, influence from the cartoon, whereas the Avengers has the MCU. Like, there's really no other version of the Avengers that's yeah. widely known. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you do the next thing, the next iteration on the Avengers and have it just be kind of like, you know, the thing, I don't, it just... It, and that, that's movies. also that's like the that's the tip of the iceberg on this thing. Apparently, there's like a bunch of gameplay things. Like, apparently, like you you can only each player can only plays one character, right? Like, it's a four player co op game, um, and uh, you you have to choose your character ahead of time. And you can each player can only play as one person. So if you specialize in one character, or you like to play as one character, and somebody else picks him, you're fucked. Or if there's a new character right, out that week, good luck playing <laughs> as him. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's just like an odd. Just not, the the whole thing is just odd. The whole package is weird. The whole presentation is weird. I just don't know yeah, what to think point, about it. Don't make it co op. You know, right? Like just don't. <laughs> just give don't me like I, I yeah. Although like that that is the idea. Like I I totally get the the core design idea there of like okay Avengers. It's a bunch of them together. You want to have you and your friends be the Avengers, right? Multiplayer makes yeah. perfect sense. But then you make it into this kind of like extremely modern style multiplayer video game that's mm-hmm. got like, I, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, I'm just. I was going to say like, it almost reminds me of an old school thing in a sense where it's like we've gotten spoiled and it's like, well, yeah, but there's old games where it's like you pick the character and then you can't be, there can't be two people being that Ninja Turtle or whatever the fuck it was. Sure. And then, but then I'm like, yeah, but also, you know, Smash Brothers, we've all been Link. You know, and and that's fun, and people love to do that all at the same time, right? You know, like so. I don't know. It's it's a weird. I don't really know what they were getting at there. It does feel like they kind of teed themselves up to to just be frustrating. A lot of games in modern times design themselves almost as like a service in a way, like as a semi platform to sell you other shit, and that kind of seems to be the way it is. Like a a, a video game. Mm. I don't want to get old man about this, but like a video game when I was a kid would have silly things like that. Like four Hulks. I'm the yellow Hulk and yeah. we're all running around popping each other as Hulks. I love that. I mean, and that. you know, me yellow in this Hulk, one, <laughs> and in this one, I would imagine it's like, I'm a level 42 Hulk and I, I I've unlocked power smash level three that I unlocked right. with, with 40, um, uh, purple gems and the purple gems I unlock by running this mission, which grinds right. purple gems. And it's like, well, this is all, so, this all sucks. Then, yes, exactly. <laughs> and when you, and you build shards 10 shards, yeah, it, it's all just like all these weird, uh, currency systems built on stuff. And like, it's not necessarily uh, money to play, right? It's not like necessarily like, I'm not complaining that it's like a premium thing, but it's like these weird treadmills that are in every single video game in modern times. I, I don't know. My thing I'm is, old. I understand I fully understand on mobile games and stuff when it yes. has those mechanics. Cause I'm like, well, you're trying to keep me on here because you do have ads on this thing. Like there's a thing in the corner that I click off every time I'm at the fucking home screen. I get you wanting to then make it harder and make me stay around long enough. But on a game where it's like, I've bought it, it's $60. It's a story. Why on earth do I have to keep doing this? Like, why are you making me stay on your game? What, what good does that do you once you've gotten the $60? Is it, like I genuinely, I, I'm kind of asking that. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I, I guess maybe those games also run ads, <laughs> in they? a sense. No, but but I even like, like I remember, thinking, as much as I love that Spider-Man game, that thing was repetitive as shit, dude. There got to a oh, point yeah. where, I, where I was like, I'm like, all right, come on. That kind of stuff, I think, is just there to pad it out, and and it it tickles a certain part of your brain that's like checklisting, just like okay, I'm getting the, getting it done, and my percentage chance is going up, or rather, yeah, my percentage number is going up. But, you know, at a certain point, that feels so 
like I said, that just feels so treadmilly, and it, it's it's the illusion of progress, yeah. I guess, that that comes with so many video games. It's a, and it's a part of the appeal of video games. Like I, I'm notable for loving numbers go up video games. Um, yeah, you love, but them. but it's it's such an illusion. Like when every single video game has numbers going up, like it, oh now now my Hulk my Hulk punches at 120 damage. It's like I I don't care. Everything sucks. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I'll bummer. give it a shot. I will play I, it. When, when they announced it, I was really stoked about it. The big thing for me that really popped my tires was the reveal that it isn't explicitly connected to the Spider-Man game. Right. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize this game was coming out on like Xbox and shit. I thought this was the, I thought it was like <laughs> yeah, the, the Sony. Yeah. I, 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 am, I'm, I guess I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of people are tricked thinking like it's the same Thing. Not because not the least of which reasons being that in the Spider-Man game he says, "Ah, oh, the Avengers. Too bad they're not here, but they're on the West Coast." And then the <laughs> first trailer for this Avengers game, they're like on the Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm like, "Oh, I was sick." So this, there we are. This is the this is what he was talking about. And then yeah. now they've announced that Spider-Man is going to be in this game, but it's not the PS4 Spider-Man. It's going to be some other fucking. But here, know. here's here's the thing. They are not, they're not explicitly connected, but Square Enix does have a close relation. It's who is the parent company of Crystal, I think Crystal Dynamics is making this one. Mm. It's the Tomb Raider. I'm not sure I'd have to look into that, but Square Enix is the parent company making it, who have a close relationship with Sony, a close working relationship with Sony. So it's not, and of course, it's all under the the parent brand of like, you know, the licensing of, of Marvel Corporation. It's not out of the the realm of possibility that these three parties are all talking to each other and are like, okay, we can we can vaguely connect them like they did with the movies, right? At first, even uh, though they weren't, yeah. I, I I don't know. Yes, Michael anyway, Keaton just Michael Keaton being like, well, how much money do you want to give me? I would happily throw a monkey wrench in this whole operation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where he just walks onto the set of Morbius as he's Batman, like, dressed as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Yep. Ugh. Anyway, uh, tell me about Lovecraft Country because I've heard mixed things. I, um, you know, I don't really like it. Okay. And it's, and it is a bummer. It is very my shit, extremely my shit. And something I uh-huh. really love about it actually was that the pitch of it sort of led me to believe, oh, we're going to spend a whole season and there's going to be monsters in the periphery. And then near the end, it's going to pick up and it's like, here we go. It's you're in, there's, Lovecraft people are getting you're in love you can't stop now you're in Lovecraft country yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) um and then the first episode just gives you like full you know I was about to say I was about to be really crude I'm not gonna be just kissing kissing on the first date they're just like here it is look go here's the monsters (laughs) this is what it is there's a whole monster sequence at the end of the episode where I was like it was I was very encouraged by because the whole that first episode took its time with getting there, but then once it was there, there was like a fifteen minute monster sequence at the whole end of the episode, and then the second episode I actually didn't even finish. Not in like some true way where I threw my hands up, but like I put it on before bed, and then I was like, oh, I'm kind of I, I don't know, I wasn't I wasn't gripped. I was it didn't have me, and it all started to feel a little for it being an HBO show. Who they've done fantasy stuff and stuff that's supernatural and. Obviously, I mean, it was fucking Game of Thrones and sure. everything. There was something about it that was feeling so remarkably like Netflixy to me about it. Ah, uh. even just in in visually, even just in the the fidelity of it. I don't know. I was just kind of like, there's something feels a little glossier than what I'm used to when I'm like HBO's new fucking. What, drama, what, do, you, what do you mean? You know? glo- like, what do you mean glossy? I don't know. It's like a. It's a, in a very 
concrete way. It's it's a blue screen thing where like they enter a room that's a, supposed to be a massive library and I'm like, I can tell it's not real and maybe only some of it is. You know what I mean? And there's just a gloss. Sure, a, a little a weird okay, I think, a weird I think lighting I, to it. Oh, you mean in a lighting way, not in like a, this is very fancy. Yeah, yeah, no. Not in a very fancy, not in like, like a literally glossy. <laughs> like I mean literally, literally okay. glossy. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think I know what you mean. Almost like a disposability to the visual aesthetic. That that seems to be like what 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 identifies that shit for me for Netflix, where it's just like they 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 had a lot of stuff. They made a lot of stuff. Like they just like they greenlit a lot of stuff at once, and a lot of stuff got made, and it didn't have that like finely tooth comb. That that and it's that horrible because everyone's trying to make it look. It's like that's you know no one no one making their baby show off for Netflix goes like. Well, who gives a shit? It's Netflix, you know, like that's right. You know, maybe fucking someone, but, but everyone's trying. And I do think it's like a limitation thing. It's a budget thing, which is why when I'm watching this HBO thing that should have all the money in the world and it's JJ Abrams. And it's like, I think the first episode actually looked mostly really incredible. And then there was something about immediately, like as if it was like, Oh, we blew, we blew it on the pilot kind of way just instantly. And there were, and just tonally the, the, the villains, quote unquote, in the second episode, there was just a, a huge shift in the performance dynamics of everything. Like in the first episode, it all felt pretty real and feet on the ground. And then we were going to get some monster shit at the end that was going to go a little crazy, which I, I loved because it was very feet on the ground. And then when the monster stuff happened, the blood was kind of fake looking and really red. And, and I love that shit. Like I was I was kind of actually really I kind of ended the first episode being stoked like, oh, I like that because that allows me as well not to only have the like grossed out reaction to, to stuff like this. Like it lets me go, Oh, we're doing a monster story where yes, when someone gets their head bit off, it's a little ridiculous or like the arm right. is still holding the keys that the person needs. And it looks kind <laughs> of fake. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, right. I'm like, cool. Yeah. That's, that's, let's, let's lay into that. But then, yeah, it just, it less in a pulpy evil daddy way, which I kind of got the vibe from the first episode. The second episode got, yeah, just more, I don't know, like a net, like a young adult Netflix kind of thing. And I know that's like such a weird thing to say about it, but, but it's how I felt. What? Just like up in the melodrama. I, it's, it's the, it's the indefinable texture of it all. Indefinable texture defined best as glossy. Yeah. There's a gloss. There's a gloss in it. And it is melodrama. There is a, there is a, it suddenly in the second one, it plays up this whole thing of like some of the people don't even remember what happened. And it, it, it it just it just struck me as very strange. I was like, well, wait, we had so much momentum of the realness of this and the I don't know. I don't know. Now, so Nick point- told me Nick told me that they that they uh they really blow their load on that first episode. So that kind of sounds like very similar yeah, to what I, you're telling me. I think I feel that way a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's only three episodes out, I think. I think they're doing a weekly release thing with this. So it's Yeah, I mean it's they're doing the HBO thing. That's how they do it. I did That's start cool. watching that that one, the HBO doc series called The Vow about that fucking cult thing that it's like what it's called it's like nixelplex or it's a mr mixelplex cult i don't remember it's like nexium or something wait hang on but, i remember this this was um great thank you oh yeah the uh nxivm the actress. yeah yeah the thing the, the, the there was like that actress who was rec- recruiting women for that guy's like sex yeah. cult yeah yeah what was she she was on like a uh from smallville i think yes yeah she's just like a, a cw actress which is shit. It's, it's very weird, man, because it's doing a good job. It's doing a good job as a doc because it's like it starts and I'm like, these people are making a lot of goddamn sense. 
I think they could really help me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is <laughs> yeah, some good ideas in this place. Well, I got to see if this is still mean? around. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Hollywood, it ain't that, you know, getting involved with a cult, not that crazy. I think, I think like, honestly, well, I'll see how it plays out because I don't know the full story and hopefully this, you know, I'd have to, you'd have to watch the show and then hear from other opinions of like, did this even portray it accurately? But I, I, it's making me wonder if it's one of those things where it's like it, you know, it didn't necessarily start in a bad way. I think you all, I think no matter what, there's immediately like because instantly, for as much as it's making sense about like trying to to over your traumas and and it's like mental exercises and thinking about things differently, working through your pro, it's it's interesting. But even still, in that they're like, and then when you ascend to this level, you wear this sash and you have this color sash when you're. I, like a grand proctor or something. And I'm like, you could have got away with it for so much longer. It would have been so less in our faces that something was weird about this. If you guys all just dressed like people and called each, you just had normal like job. Oh yeah. In the foundation. you know. At, at a certain level, it all becomes karate. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> two, I'm a two karate, star. Dude. Karate, which yeah, that's whatever. Everything's karate. Yeah. And ex- but anyway, point <laughs> being, really? that was a, an X IVM. Um, what else we have? I got something on my list. Uh, the new Game of Thrones guys are—they uh, got a new show coming out. Yeah, based on these these Chinese sci-fi books called The Three Body Problem. Um, mm. Think uh, I haven't read it. I have a I have a couple buddies that have read it. Some people were telling me some some interesting things about these books that there are aspects of this that are literally unfilmable. Um, <laughs> such as the, so, for instance, a large portion of the third book takes place in a fourth dimensional space, which I'm really cool. excited to see what the budget for this is going to be. Yeah, we cool. actually invented a fourth dimension. We created fourth dimensional cameras. Um, but yeah, so but the the the, the key thing here is that it's by uh, Weiss and Benioff, who are notably um, a insanely rich kids, uh, b insanely rich adults now because they utilized their connections to. Uh, uh, get a TV show, um, and I I do feel that way, and I, I've said this about them for a long time. I said this about them when when Game of Thrones came out. I was just like, these guys are just rich kids that managed to be in the right place at the right time. But now I find myself defending them avidly about this new show because the 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 universally the reaction to this seems to be negative. Um, and I don't want to argue with the the yeah. uh, the aspect of like they think that a Chinese creator should take over this, and like sure, whatever. Um, yeah, aspe- absolutely. But like. If if it if it does have to be these guys, right? If it does have to be DB Weiss um, and David Benioff, or and David Benioff, why mm. is it that people think that they are failures because the last two seasons of Game of Thrones weren't very good? Um, I, I think that because I think we live in the time of our, our we have short term memory. You know what I mean? It's like there's everything's moving a mile a minute, and Thrones lasted for nine years before, right? You know, I think people just are like, you know, we remember that it ended and it was bad. I agree, though. I'm w- I'm with you in that. It's like, yeah, if your if your point is like, y'all, this obviously should have been like a Chinese showrunner. Like, what do you are we are you not are you not paying attention? That sure, um, yeah, hell yeah. Let's make that point. If your yeah, point is mm-hmm. these guys suck ass at adapting stuff, I'm like, well, you that's ridiculous. If you looked at if you how many seasons was Game of Thrones? Well, so it was eight seasons long, right? And right. and it's. Yeah. And how many were the books? Six? There's five books. But was each season a, bu- a book? More or less. So they're really okay. off the rails towards the second half of season five. And then the rest of it, I think, is just pretty much all original based so, on like notes. More than half of it was 
was great and everybody was on board. Right. So it's like, you're kind of, it's like five seasons of the biggest show of all time <laughs> and it crushing every episode, every single episode that comes out is the biggest thing in the world that everybody is, their minds are blown about. They get no credit for that anymore. Like that to me is ridiculous. And eventually you're like, oh, come on. But then I, you're, I'm getting in arguments with people on Twitter who are, they're just like, anybody could have been in there. It's just, you know, a, a more capable showrunner could have done it better. Um, or, or like a more experienced showrunners could have done it better. And it's like, look, if you want to argue about the mechanisms as to who gets shows and and the the politics of privilege, I'm more than willing to listen to that argument. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that these guys were there, right? They were in that position. Um, and it really and does feel like a... It. Yes, exactly. And it really does feel like a, what have you done for me lately? Or like you're, you know, uh, there, there's a prefab sprout lyric of uh, you truly are a truly gifted kid, but you're only as good as the last great thing you did. And that's what the hell happened yeah. here. Um, and it's, it's, I find myself defending these guys avidly because this is, this is nonsense. Like they did six seasons of the biggest show in the world. And then I guess like the narrative is that they sort of rushed these last two seasons for the Star Wars thing, which never also never materialized. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I buy that narrative. Um, but then the, sorry, the other aspect of this was that, uh, I, I had somebody say that, you know, that this could have been anybody that, that it doesn't really matter that it was these guys. And you, you forget that that they wrote the dialogue, right? Like the dialogue didn't come straight from the books. It's like, yes, they had all this great pre-written material to work from, but right. it's an entirely separate skill to adapt material like that. And I've read the books and it's extremely dense material. Most of it is just him describing food. I swear to God, everything is just you know, a boil, a boiled turkey's gizzard. Oh yeah, we've been through this. Fine the leather. Leather table duck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a turkey duck, a porked pheasant. And a brilly bolly billy battle. Yep. Bring me the beefed, beefed potato. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you make an English food. You just do a, a meat, meated uh, yeah. vegetable. We love this bit, dude. This is not. Yes. Because even though I knew going into it, I'm like, we did this already. I still wanted to say. Oh, things. it's still good. I, <laughs> could you bring out the porked corn? <laughs> porked corn. <laughs> Anyway. You say with the big, you gotta say it with like the jowls, you know. I got, I got to pour up, uh, pork the corn in the yard. Anyway, uh, it's nonsense <laughs> to say that these guys are incapable. Let them make a fucking second show before you say that they suck. Because the first half of Game of Thrones was a massive phenomenon, and while the second half did kill its cultural, you know, it's it's like lasting appeal. I, I had some guys say like, you know, a bad ending can just create lasting, like can ruin a show's lasting appeal. Like, look at The Sopranos. Like, what are you talking about? Everybody loves The Sopranos. Yeah, people love it's The It's one of the most, the most rewatched shows other than, like, The Wire that still that people still watch. I, I, look, yeah. I'm re reliving a Twitter fight on, on, on a podcast. This is nonsense. You Well, you're showing them, because... I am. Listen, motherfucker, I have a bigger platform, and I'm louder! <laughs> yeah, there's no one here to argue with you. Woo! That's the best time to argue. Um, I agree. Do you have anything else? Um, do you have anything else on your big list? Because we may just... Uh, no, no, that's bad. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm worried. I was negative. I'm worried. I didn't have much that I was like excited about that we were talking. About. I guess. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it, well, let's think of something positive. Let's end this episode on a positive thing. I'll, I'll think of a thing too. Okay. Um. Hmm. Well, I uh oh, I watched Drive again. I think I said that. Yeah. Drive. Drive is still good, which is nice to. It's nice to know. Yeah. It's nice to know that every boy who saw Drive in 2011. And was like, this is oh, that's me. the greatest movie of all time. Oh, yeah. 
we weren't totally wrong. I don't, you know, it's still it's still pretty fucking good. I will say all the things that you all the things we made fun of Drive for when it came out are still the things that are funny about it. It's the fact that she goes like, "Do you want to sit down?" And he stares at her for three minutes, <laughs> and, then like, and then just like climbs out onto the fire escape and leaves. Like that's still like funny it. in the movie, but it, I don't like, know, yeah, man. Yeah. It's good. It was well made, yeah. and it's it's funny that then I actually not so long ago tried to watch um, Only God Forgives, which was follow up with the Goss and the Refn. Listen, and listen, only God forgives, okay? It's not up to me to forgive you. <laughs> it's my Ryan Gosling. <laughs> how about this? How about, how about this? I, how about you walk about away and I don't kick your teeth in? <laughs> it's yep. funny. He doesn't sound that way, man. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's He sounds like that for the peaks of when he's screaming in Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah, Place Beyond the Pines. Put the money in the bag! Put the money in the bag! <laughs> It's just funny to imagine him as a cartoon mouse. I love it. Yeah. Well, especially Drive because he barely talks. So then if like, right. you know, you get 20 minutes into this movie and he hasn't spoken a word yet. And then the first thing he says is like, hey, kid, want a toothpick? <laughs> He'd be like, Whoa. He just opens his mouth and it's like a, a clown honk. Yeah. Yep. That's good shit. Anyway. Um, so, but but Drive is still, it's still a good movie. That's fine. Good. So if you, if you were thinking about clicking that on Netflix, I also don't think it's very long. Go fucking watch it. It's good. Let me Everyone's see. good Let in it see. too. Yeah, everyone does do a good job. Uh, I really like David Brooks as the villain. Yeah, dude. The, the Jewish mafia. And he's unsettling. He's very scary in that movie. Yeah, the way he just kind of kills that guy real slow. Yeah. Real good. Scary as shit. Um, let, me just, let me just check the Discord, see if anybody else has anything that we we'll talk about. Uh, uh, somebody asked what movies had our most impact on us growing up, but that's a big one. So we only have a, a limited time. Why don't we what I do that do- in the bonus? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so uh, I'm just gonna do one one thing. So, what's your what's your what's your favorite uh, spooky? So, I'm gonna end this on a depressing note. What's your favorite spooky thing that you do at Halloween that you're not gonna be able to do this year? Hmm. I mine is you know lick what? my fingers. <laughs> I can't I can't sit outside and lick my fingers this holiday season. Really disappointed I do love about a it. Good. I'm I'm really sad that I'm not gonna be able to go to a a, a good coughing house. Yeah, you know, that's like true. Where you walk. Where you walk through and the people just jump out and mm. just fucking wheeze on you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. A house of sneezes. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really sad that I'm going to be missing out on that. And dude, speaking of spooky season, I thought I just looked across. I'm looking, I'm facing a window and there's like a garage roof across the little back alley away from me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it's like the side of another house, but the way that it's shaped really looked like a like Reaper in a white robe, like climbing over that roof. Oh like, shit! There's a, he's just like standing there, pause. Is he? Is he still looking? <laughs> like, but you know what? He's not moving. So yeah. I, I'm gonna. Oh. It's, it's it's clearly just an illusion. That's good. Um, we're gonna move on. We have a bonus episode coming out. We're gonna record it yeah, right now. Bonus. So, but but until that time, uh, thank you for joining us, Dom. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Any final thoughts? Um, remember that no matter how it seems. Even when you're having your worst moments and worst thoughts and your worst fears are taking over your brain and you feel like it's only really happening to you or there's only a certain flavor of it that only happens to you, mm-hmm. it's not true. It, it happens you're to everybody. You're wrong. You're stupid and, and wrong. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised the most specific things that you're worried about and that you think make you horrible or whatever or make you feel broken. You're not, a, you're not as alone as you think. 
I bet if we, I bet if, if everyone really, like if you could write it down on a piece of paper, you would see like scarily explicitly the same worries and thoughts and stuff like that. Sure. And even if not the same ones, there's someone out there who's got the same issue as you. You're never alone. Uh, and also clip your nails regularly because it's uh, a lot of bacteria and shit can live under your nails. So clip them regularly. Keep them nice and short during this time. Be sure to wash your hands. And send those over to P.O. Box. Uh, yeah. Send me your nail clippings. Uh, Nailover69 at We're making Yahoo. something com. very scary over here at Beef HQ. Okay. <laughs> That you will most certainly hear about when yeah. we are finished. <laughs> uh, please go to www.patreon.com slash reasonablebeef. It's free for you and cheap for them. Um, Dom, do you have anything else? What the hell was that? I don't know. It's, uh, you remember those old uh, 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T? It's free for you and cheap for them. Yeah, that, I, that's, that I, it was ringing a distant bell. Yeah, you go. You know, every time uh, I, I, I do that one where I, I uh, anytime somebody says, well, now I know. I always give them a, uh, well, that's my super short show. And nobody, nobody, oh, like, yeah, I do that, a lot. that gets diminishing returns. Like, nobody, as I get older, yeah. everyone's like, what? I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, goodbye. Candy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, tan lines? <laughs> <laughs>